Today is October the 4th. Today, we see a new city. Today, I'd like you to finish the reading of the book of Isaiah. Read chapters 46 through 48. Now in chapters 46 to 48, he finishes describing the temple, uh, the, the vision that he has of an immense, glorious temple. Out of the temple courtyard flows a river that brings healing to the nation. We see um, an, an immense city surrounding the temple and an immense land surrounding the city. Land is apportioned out for each one of the 12 tribes. Uh, we get that in chapter 48. Uh, it is interesting the way the book of Ezekiel ends. It ends abruptly, but it ends with the definite message intended for all of Israel. The distance around the entire city will be six miles. And from that day, the name of the city will be, the Lord is there. Israel has lived without a temple. Israel has lived without a city. The Lord promises the restoration of the city in which his name will dwell. Enjoy today as you finish the reading of Ezekiel. Ezekiel 46 through 48. Ezekiel 46 to 48, New Living Translation. Ezekiel 46. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. The east gateway of the inner courtyard will be closed during the six workdays each week. It will be open on the Sabbath days and the days of the new moon celebrations. The prince will enter the entry room from the gateway from the outside. Then he will stand at the gatepost while the priest offer his burnt offering and the peace offering. He will bow down and worship inside the gateway passage and then go back out the way he came. The gateway will not be closed until evening. The common people will bow down and worship the Lord in front of this gateway on the Sabbath days and the days of the new moon celebrations. Each Sabbath day, the prince will present to the Lord a burnt offering of six lambs and one ram, all with no defects. He will present a grain offering of a basket of choice flour to go with the ram and whatever amount of flour he chooses to go with each lamb. And he is to offer one gallon of olive oil for each basket of flour. At the new moon celebrations, he will bring one young bull, six lambs, and one ram, all with no defects. With the young bull, he must bring a basket of choice flour for a grain offering. With the ram, he must bring another basket of flour. And with each lamb, he is to bring whatever amount of flour he chooses to give. With each basket of flour, he must offer one gallon of olive oil. The prince must enter the gateway through the entry room, and he must leave the same way. But when the people come through the north gateway to worship the Lord during the religious festivals, they must leave by the south gateway, and those who enter through the south gateway must leave by the north gateway. They must never leave by the same gateway they came in, but must always use the opposite gateway. 
The prince will enter and leave with the people on these occasions. So, at the special feast and sacred festivals, the grain offering will be a basket of choice flour with each young bull, another basket of flour with each ram, and as much flour as the worshipper chooses to give with each lamb, one gallon of olive oil with each basket of flour. Give one gallon of olive oil with each basket of flour. When the prince offers a voluntary burnt offering or a peace offering to the Lord, the east gateway and the inner courtyard will be opened for him, and he will offer his sacrifices as he does on the Sabbath days. Then he will leave and the gateway will be shut behind him. Each morning you must sacrifice a one-year-old lamb with no defects as a burnt offering to the Lord. With the lamb, a grain offering must also be given to the Lord, about three quarts of flour, with a third a gallon of olive oil, to moisten the choice flour. This will be a permanent law for you. The lamb, the grain offering, and the olive oil must be given as a daily sacrifice every morning without fail. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. If the prince gives a gift of land to one of his sons as an inheritance, it will belong to him and his descendants forever. But if the prince gives a gift of land from his inheritance to one of his servants, the servant may keep it until the year of Jubilee, which comes every fiftieth year. At that time, the land will return to the prince. But when the prince gives gifts to his sons, those gifts will be permanent, and the prince may never take anyone's property by force. If he gives property to his sons, it must be from his own land, for I do not want any of my people unjustly evicted from their property." In my vision, the man brought me through the entrance beside the gateway and led me to the sacred rooms assigned to the priest, which faced toward the north. He showed me a place at the extreme west end of these rooms. He explained, This is where the priest will cook the meat from the guilt offerings and sin offerings and bake the flour from the grain offerings into bread. They will do it here to avoid carrying the sacrifices through the outer courtyard and endangering the people by transmitting holiness to them. Then he brought me back to the outer courtyard and led me to each of its four corners. In each corner I saw an enclosure. Each of these enclosures was seventy feet long and fifty-two and a half feet wide, surrounded by walls. Along the inside of these walls was a ledge of stone with fireplaces under the ledge, all the way around. The man said to me, These are the kitchens to be used by the temple assistants to boil the sacrifices offered by the people. Ezekiel 47 In my vision the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east beneath the door of the temple and passing into the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet, and then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet, and he led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. I was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk, though. He asked me, Have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the river bank. When I was returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, 
This river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be a swarm of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea, all the way from Engedi to Eneglium. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea, just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will still be salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall and there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Divide the land in this way for the twelve tribes of Israel. The descendants of Joseph will be given two shares of land, otherwise each tribe will receive an equal share. I took a solemn oath, and swore that I would give this land to your ancestors, and it will now come to you as your possession. These are the boundaries of the land. The northern border will run from the Mediterranean toward Hethlon, then on through Lebohamath to Zedad. Then it will run to Berotha and Sibraim, which are on the border of Damascus, Hamath, and finally to Hazar Heratikon, and on the border of Haran. So the northern border will run from the Mediterranean to Hazar Enon on the border between Hamath on the north and Damascus on the south. The eastern border starts at a point between Horon and Damascus and runs south along the Jordan River between Israel and Gilead, past the Dead Sea, and as far south as Tamar. This will be the eastern border. The southern border will go west from Tamar to the waters of Meribah and Kadesh, and then follow the course of the brook of Egypt to the Mediterranean. This will be the southern border. On the west side, the Mediterranean itself will be your border from southern border to the point where the northern border begins opposite Lebohamath. Divide the land within these boundaries among the tribes of Israel. Distribute the land as an allotment for yourselves and for the foreigners who have joined you and are raising their families among you. They will be like native-born Israelites to you and will receive an allotment among the tribes. These foreigners are to be given land within the territory of the tribe with whom they now live. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Ezekiel 48 Here is the list of the tribes of Israel and the territory each is to receive. The territory of Dan is in the extreme north. Its boundary line follows the Hethlon road to Lebohamath, and then runs on to Ezar Henon on the border of Damascus, with Hamath to the north. Dan's territory extends all the way across the land of Israel from east to west. Asher's territory lies south of Dan's and also extends from east to west. Naphtali's land lies south of Asher's, also extending east to west. Then comes Manasseh, south of Naphtali, and the territory also extends from east to west. South of Manasseh is Ephraim, and then Reuben and then Judah, all of those whose boundaries extend from east to west. South of Judah is the land set aside for a special purpose. It will be eight and one-third miles wide and will extend as far east and west as the tribal territories, with the temple at the center. 
The area set aside for the Lord's temple will be eight and one-third miles long and six and two-third miles wide. For the priests, there will be a strip of land measuring eight and one-third miles long by one and one-third miles wide, with the Lord's temple at the center. This area is set aside for the ordained priest, the descendants of Zadok, who served me faithfully and did not go astray with the people of Israel and the rest of the Levites. It will be their special portion when the land is distributed, the most sacred land of all." Next to the priest's territory will lie the land where the other Levites will live. The land allotted to the Levites will be the same size and shape as that belonging to the priest, eight and one-third miles long and three and one-third miles wide. Together, these portions of land will measure eight and one-third miles long by six and two-thirds miles wide. None of this special land may ever be sold or traded or used by others, For it belongs to the Lord, it is set apart as holy. An additional strip of land, eight and one-third miles long, by one and two-thirds miles wide, south of the sacred temple area. It will be allotted for public use, homes, pasture lands, and common lands, with the city at the center. The city will measure one and a half miles on each side, north, south, east, and west. Open lands will surround the city for 150 yards in every direction. Outside the city, there will be a farming area that stretches two and one-third miles to the east and three and one-third miles to the west, along the border of the sacred area. This farmland will produce food for the people working in the city. Those who come from the various tribes to work in the city may farm it. This entire area, including the sacred lands and the city, is a square that measures eight and one-third miles on each side. The areas that remain to the east and to the west of the sacred lands and the city will belong to the prince. Each of these areas will be eight and one-third miles wide, extending on opposite directions to the eastern and western borders of Israel, with the sacred lands and the sanctuary of the temple in the center." So the prince's land will include everything between the territories allotted to Judah and Benjamin, except the area set aside for the sacred lands and the city. These are the territories allotted to the rest of the tribes. Benjamin's territory lies just south of the prince's land, and it extends across the entire land of Israel, from east to west. South of Benjamin's territory lies that of Simeon, also extending across the land from east to west. Next is the territory of Issachar, with the same eastern and western boundaries. Then comes the territory of Zebulun, which also extends across the land from east to west. The territory of Gad is just south of Zebulun, with the same borders to the east and west. The southern borders of Gad run from Tamar to the waters of Meribah and Kadesh, and then follows to the brook of Egypt to the Mediterranean. These are the allotments that will be set aside for each tribe's exclusive possession. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. These will be the exits to the city. On the north wall, which is two and a half miles long, there will be three gates, each one named after a tribe of Israel. 
The first will be named for Reuben, the second for Judah, and the third for Levi. On the east wall, also two and a half miles long, the gates will be named for Joseph, Benjamin, and Dan. The south wall, also one and a half miles long, will have gates named for Simeon, Issachar, and Zebulun. And on the west wall, also one and a half miles long, the gates will be named Gad, Asher, and Naphtali. The distance around the entire city will be six miles, and from that day the name of the city will be The Lord is There. Scripture reading by Emily Herrera. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we begin the reading of the book of Daniel.